The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. LinkedIn News. At this point, you've probably heard of imposter syndrome, the feeling that makes you think you're a fraud or not qualified for what you're doing. Seriously, you're not alone. But how do you overcome those feelings? Well, we're talking all about it on today's episode. From LinkedIn News, this is Get Hired, a podcast for the ups and downs and the ever-changing landscape of our professional lives. I'm Andrew Seaman, LinkedIn's Senior Managing Editor for Jobs and Career Development, bringing you conversations with experts who, like me, want to see you succeed at work, at home, and everywhere in between. The term imposter syndrome gets thrown around a lot these days. I think most of us experience some level of it at some point in our lives, either at school or at work. For myself, it's not uncommon for me to feel a bit unsteady in what I'm doing when I'm thrown into a new environment. I know it'll go away as I gain experience, but for some people, it lingers or doesn't go away at all. One of the big issues with imposter syndrome is that it can really hold you back during your job search. So today we have Shivani Berry, who is the founder and CEO of Ascend, joining us today. Her organization focuses on helping women overcome obstacles to get into leadership. She's going to discuss some strategies that you can use to overcome imposter syndrome, or at least make those negative voices quiet down a little bit. Here's Shivani. Imposter syndrome is really the feeling or the belief that everyone else got to where they are based on merit, but you got there because you're lucky. Often this shows up for us as, I'm not qualified. I'm not ready. I'm not good enough. They'll realize I shouldn't be here. I'll get caught. You know, maybe you are speaking in a meeting where you don't have domain expertise. And so you're holding back on sharing your ideas. You're starting to voice your opinion, but the voice in your head is telling you like, don't say anything. They'll realize that you're not qualified to be here. I personally have struggled with imposter syndrome many times in my career. You know, a big one for me was when I got promoted into people manager role. I was new to that role. I'd never had any experience managing someone. And so instead of stepping into the role with a lot of confidence, I stepped into the role with a lot of self-doubt and anxiety. So much so that when they gave me that promotion, I didn't ask for a salary raise. A couple months later, I realized that's actually not rational. By then had some experience developing my team and I realized I was actually pretty good at what I was doing. The big aha moment for me was that everyone is new people management in the beginning. It feels so obvious saying this out loud right now. Yeah, I think that's typically when imposter syndrome shows up for people. It's in those moments where you're new and it makes you feel a little bit off center because you're no longer in your sweet spot. Correct. It's often, like you said, when you're coming new to your role, maybe you're new to the company. Maybe you come from a non-traditional background. Maybe no one in the room looks like you. I've grown up in Silicon Valley. So when I think about a CEO, when I talk about a founder, I think about often white male VC backed. I am none of those. I'm a woman of color. I have built a self-funded bootstrap business and it just gets into spiraling when people are talking about like how much they've raised, like all their investors. So I really have to like take myself out of my own head. That is not a fair comparison. We are building very different businesses. And so it's not even a reasonable comparison. And I think it's especially dangerous if you're a job seeker, because if you 
are feeling imposter syndrome, it can really hold you back, right? Yeah. One of our graduates, I was on the phone with her and she was looking at switching jobs and she's like, I'm thinking about applying to this job and it says you need three years of experience, but I only have two and a half years of experience. So she's like, should I still apply? I was like, yes, a hundred percent. Yes. You know, there's some really good research that shows that especially women tend to hold ourselves back. Women, on average, they'll apply when they meet 100% of the job requirements, while on average, a man will apply when they meet 60% of the job requirements. So think about all the roles that we are already taking ourselves out of the running without even being rejected by a company. So, you know, I do want to acknowledge there is also bias in the world. There's this really great article in Harvard Business Review about stop telling women that they have imposter syndrome. And it talks about the gender, socioeconomic, racial biases that happen. You may feel like you don't belong. I know I've definitely felt like that in many moments. So I think that is a really important thing to call out and talk about what are things that we can do in our control around us to help us really have that seat at the table and take up space. We'll be right back after this break. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days, all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life, a promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. Hi, I'm Tomer Korn, LinkedIn's Chief Product Officer. On my podcast, Building One, we dive deep into what it takes to build great products. Recently, we had Zach Perret, the CEO of Plaid and he shared about his struggles building a financial app for consumers and how he was able to turn it all around with a critical pivot. Take a listen. I personally couldn't resonate as much with the consumer set that we were trying to reach. I just didn't have that level of empathy. When we made the shift to building a B2B product though, I was building the product that I wanted. My co-founder and I were creating the product that we wanted ourselves and we had so much empathy for what that product was. Such a great insight. You know, in that sense, we got lucky because we were, we were creating a thing for ourselves. And then the people that we were talking to also had the same problems we did. They were fintech developers. We'd been a fintech developer. Uh, we'd been trying to build a fintech product for a year. And so, we had such deep empathy. We had such a clear ability to... If you want to hear more of Zach Perret's story and the lessons that follow, listen and subscribe to my podcast, Building One. We're back with the CEO and founder of Ascend, Shivani Berry, talking about imposter syndrome. I think one of the difficult things sometimes is identifying that you are experiencing imposter syndrome. So when you feel those feelings where you feel like you're going to be found out or you're sort of masquerading as a boss instead of being the person you actually are, how do you actually address imposter syndrome? It's hard, but one of the strategies that works for me and thousands of our graduates is ask yourself three reflection questions. The first is identifying, what do I feel an imposter about? Often identifying that is half the battle. So maybe for you, it is the fact that you're new to your role. Maybe you come from a non-traditional background. Maybe you don't have the same skills as everybody else. So identifying what about it is making you feel that self-doubt is really important. The second part is identifying who are you comparing yourself to? Often we are comparing ourselves to people who are much more experienced than us. So when I got promoted as people manager, I was comparing myself to my manager who had 20 years of a people management experience. That in no way is a fair comparison. 
So identifying like, who are you comparing yourself to? And just being able to recognize that is very empowering. The third thing is what are three reasons why your manager would say that you're qualified? And the reason why I put it from the third party perspective is because often we are really hard on ourselves. Why would your manager, why would your peers, whoever that is for you, say that you're qualified? If you don't have the information handy, like look back at performance reviews, pieces of feedback that you've given, what you've delivered. And I think that's really true, especially when you're applying for jobs and receiving rejections. That's why I always recommend that people print off their performance reviews and keep the positive notes that they get from their managers or their colleagues to sort of reference later on. Even if you're not in that job anymore, it gives you that boost of self-confidence because a job search process, it really can take it out of you because you're getting rejections, you're being met with silence. And I think it can be especially triggering for people who can slip into the imposter syndrome trap. I think there is sort of the big question about whether someone is experiencing imposter syndrome and whether it is a legitimate criticism of themselves. I'd say that's where a lot of like real reflection comes in. Write it down. Writing can just be a really powerful tool reflecting on the past. And then to get feedback from a trusted party. And you know, if you're not sure, like within reason, I would say just go put your name in the hat for the job and use that as learning experience about like what you should be learning or identifying around it. And then you can go like get the specific trainings around it. And one thing, Andrew, that you brought up that I really love is the brag bank. Go back and look at great feedback from your manager, from your colleagues. It's like, we forget about all that stuff. So like create your brag bank. So in moments of self-doubt or in moments when you're going to go apply for a job, like you have it already. I think that's a big part, especially for those of us who feel a lot of self-doubt going into these conversations and hold back from sharing our wins. Like, it's really important to have that documented. Yeah, I think going back to the idea of, like, asking other people for feedback on yourself is really important and also really important to pick the right people because you don't want a bunch of people who are just cheerleaders. You want to turn to the people who will give you legitimate criticism, but that's something that I've always gravitated toward. Yeah, definitely. I think that's so important to, like, have that set up there to help you, like, reflect And is there anything else that you think people should know about imposter syndrome and especially the intersection of job searching? I think the biggest thing is you have to own your own career development. So no one is going to be as good of an advocate as you are for yourself. You're the one who has to drive your career forward. And so if you are letting that self-doubt hold you back, then you're just not going to achieve the goals that you have for yourself. We have to be the best advocates for ourselves, whether or not we are seeking a new job, we're asking for a role at work. So figure out, you know, what are the tools or resources or professional development opportunities I can take to help me gain that confidence, to help me position myself for that interview. And so when you go into the interview, you feel on top of the world. And some nerves are completely normal, but taking control of your career instead of just being like, okay, I just have to go to this job. Like, yeah, I don't really know what to do. It's like, no, there's actually a lot more you can go do. Go talk to people about the role. Go take a course. Go do something to tackle your self-confidence. Because if you don't tackle your confidence, then everything else becomes even more harder. And like, you're never going to fully be able to cover it. Yeah, really good points all around. Thank you so much, Shivani, for offering us some really good perspective on imposter syndrome. Of course. Thanks so much for having me. That was the founder of Ascend, Shivani Barry. Remember, it's up to you to put our advice into practice. Still, you always have a community backing you up and cheering you on. Connect with me and the Get Hired community on LinkedIn to continue this conversation. Also, if you liked this episode, please leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts. It helps people like you find the show. And don't forget to click that follow, subscribe, or whatever other button you find 
to get our podcast delivered to you every Wednesday. Because we'll be continuing these conversations on the next episode, right here, wherever you like to listen. Get Hired is a production of LinkedIn News. This episode was produced by Alexis Ramdow. Rafa Faria is our associate producer. Asaf Gidron engineered our show. Joda Georgi mixed our show. Dave Pond is head of news production. Enrique Montalvo is our executive producer. Courtney Coop is head of original programming at LinkedIn. Dan Roth is the editor-in-chief of LinkedIn. And I'm Andrew Seaman. Until next time, stay well and best of luck.